Hey, what up, Long Beach? We've got a little bit of everything for you this week on the LB Fee Show, the only podcast covering everything Long Beach State Athletics. As always, it is hosted by the562.org. I am JJ Fiddler. And as always, the man you came to hear from, it's Andy Fee. What's up, Andy? How you doing? JJ, I am doing great and excited to, uh, to be here with you today. You have been uh, busy over there because it is the busy time of year. This spring has the most activity going on on campus uh, all year. How many different events were you able to get to last week? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> it seems like uh, too many to count. Uh, you know, we... I mean, I was at softball. I was I actually went up to Santa Barbara with men's volleyball. I mean, you know, baseball was at Northridge. I actually snuck over there. Um, this is the busiest time. It's it's probably uh, the most exhilarating time because there's almost uh, in a way to come up for air. But that's why, you know, most of us do what we do here in college athletics. We love, um, you know, student athletes and trying to help them chase their dreams. So, you know, it's been a lot of fun for me, that's for sure. So going back to your old stomping grounds, UC Santa Barbara, is the turnover up there so much that you don't really know as many people anymore? Or when you go up there, is it like uh, Andy Fee homecoming? Yeah, it's, there's no homecoming for there for me. I think, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, am, uh, I am Long Beach State through and through. I think they're over that honeymoon phase of still uh, maybe liking me so much. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of great people still there, but there's a lot of turnover and, you know, we've had a lot of turnover and it's, it's happening everywhere. I, I don't think it's just college athletics, you know, the, there's this, uh, the great resignation, so to speak, in terms of, uh, you know, corporate life. And so, you know, I still know a few people up there, but, you know, I was amazed actually to see a lot of people that I had no idea who they were and they probably have no idea who I am. Yeah, but yeah, fair enough. Uh, how did those games go? I mean, obviously, we're going to be talking to Mason Briggs a little later in the show, uh, talking about that men's volleyball team. But uh, from your vantage point, how good did they look, the number three men's volleyball team taking down number six UC Santa Barbara in back-to-back nights? Well, Santa Barbara is a very good uh, volleyball program. Last year, uh, I believe they were they were in the final four um, or right there. I can't remember. But, um, you know, they're, they are – they're a tough out, so to speak. And to get a sweep, you know, uh, a win Friday night at uh, the Pyramid and then to get the win up there at Rob Jim, that's not easy to do. And, you know, the, the exciting part for me as the athletic director is that, and I don't want to speak for Coach Knipe or any of his staff or, or Mason and the other players, but um, that is potentially a really huge tiebreaker um, to, to if we found ourselves in a seating opportunity um, heads up versus Santa Barbara, or if this was, um, you know, an at-large selection to the tournament, we would have the, the, the tiebreaker, we'd have the head-to-head versus them. So, you know, every win is important, but, you know, this is a team that we could see down the road in the Big West tournament and perhaps trying to, trying to get into the NCAA tournament. So I think it was pretty amazing to get basically win six sets out of seven, um, you know, versus the Gauchos. I mean, that's a good team, but, you know, I'm biased that, you know, we're the better team. Um, you know, I think they, you know, Santa Barbara was frustrated, you know, Alex Nikolov and, uh, you know, Mason back there digging, you know, I don't know how many digs he had, but huge plays. And I think we just wore them down and that's a big piece of the puzzle. You got to have talent, but, you know, you got to have that resiliency and that's what this program has a lot of. 
Long Beach hit 409 in the two matches combined. And that, so that's really impressive as well. You mentioned him, freshman outside hitter, Alex Nikolov. He had uh, almost six kills per set. Sophomore setter Aiden Knipe averaged over 14 assists. And yeah, you're right. Briggs was everywhere. He had almost four digs per set. Like I said, we're going to be talking to Mason Briggs a little bit later in the show. We'll also be mentioning the fact that that team is coming home this weekend. Back-to-back games, num- Friday and Saturday. 7 p.m. Walter Pyramid, number three, Long Beach State, number four, Hawaii. Andy, that could definitely be a preview for something we would see in the later postseason. Yeah. And, you know, I just keep saying it, but I, but I meant it. Every match is huge at this point. Uh, the Big West tournament is going to be in Honolulu. So these two matches, we get Hawaii here in the Pyramid. Again, if we're looking to, to get that top seed, these are matches we need to win, and that's not me trying to put pressure on our on our program. Um, trust me, they they put more pressure on themselves than I ever could. But um, you know, we need our fans to come out. Uh, it should be some of the best volleyball in the country, uh, some of the best players, some of the best coaching going on. Uh, we know that these are always just brutal, brutal matches. Um, and having them at home is an advantage. So, you know, I'm really asking uh, Long Beach Nation to come out, support uh, our team. They always have in the past. And I expect us to have a great crowd and uh, cheering our team on, uh, hopefully to a couple wins this weekend. You also said you made it out to uh, Long Beach State Softball Complex to see some of that softball team take another Big West series. They've now taken all of their Big West series, and they're just a game back of a group of teams in first place, including Cal State Fullerton. Uh, But close wins, 5-4 win and a 6-5 win in back-to-back games gets softball, that series win. And right now, that's that's huge for them because they kind of had a rough start against a ridiculously hard non-league, non-conference schedule. Uh, So to get those series wins for that team, really big, Andy, don't you think? Yeah, and I think that, you know, although it's, it was a rough preseason that prepares this team for, for conference. And, you know, at this point, no disrespect to the big West, but you know, there's probably nothing that we're going to see that we haven't seen beforehand. Uh, we've seen some of the best pitchers in the country, uh, best fielding uh, teams in the country, best hitting teams in the country. And I just think that that just makes us, again, we talk about it a lot, resilient, that grit, So, you know, we just need to maintain the positivity about what we can control. That's our effort and attitude. And, you know, I I think, you know, we're off to a good start. Four and two could have been, you know, five and one, a tough uh, 13 inning game I watched on Sunday uh, that we had a couple chances and just couldn't push the run across. Um, But, you know, I think, again, we're where we want to be. And this is the real season. You know, you've heard coaches talk about that before. The preseason is the preseason. And then we all start, you know, zero and zero in conference. So that's where we started off at a, a four and two start. And I think Coach Souter, she's doing a tremendous job um, with her team. She's got some key injuries there in, in the pitching area that, um, you know, they've had to overcome. But you know, they're a lot of fun to watch and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a heck of a finish as as we go into the meat of uh, the conference schedule. And then towards the end, I'm really excited and I think there's a great opportunity here. Yeah, that's that sounds absolutely perfect for a team like that with uh, with maybe a little bit to prove knowing that last year it was such a huge high for them to be able to beat Fullerton there in the last weekend of the series. If they can get back to that spot, it would be it would be even more impressive, I think. Um, speaking of highs and lows, 
We have seen the highs and lows with the Dirtbags this season. Uh, they also took on some pretty tough teams in the non-conference. And they've also done incredible things like score a uh, season-high 19 runs uh, and 20 hits in a win at Fresno State on Tuesday. But then over the weekend, they dropped two out of three at Cal State Northridge. Uh, scored 11 runs on that opening night, but then only scored three runs in each of the games on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, ups and downs for that team, Andy, but you have to be pleased when they are showing this ability to be all the way up. You know what I mean? Because when they look like they're at their best, they look very, very good. Very dangerous team. And I think right now it's just a consistency issue. As you said, you know, 19 runs against what I think could be a, a pretty good Fresno State team. That's a tough place to play. They have a great uh, following and a fan base there. Um, so we've we've shown that we can put a lot of runs up, put a lot of offense up, and then we've kind of went the opposite way where the bats go quiet. So, you know, it's easier said than done, but I think if we can find consistency, consistency offensively, then we really put ourselves in a great position. Um, but, you know, I think it's a work in progress. Every year is different. Uh, it would certainly be great to sit here and say, well, you know, we're, we're still the sixth ranked team in the country, but you know, what it's going to come down to is where we finish at the end of the season, not where you start. So I think if we can build off of some things, you know, kind of just get that hot streak, a consistent hot streak, which we haven't seen yet. So to me, that's scary. I think if we can get that consistent hot streak going with the bats, I mean, we're going to give teams a lot of trouble. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the team coming home again, you know, Blair Field, Bull Diamonds, it's going to be rocking out there as always. Um, and I think, you know, no better place to get healthy than uh, in your home stadium. That's absolutely right. Softball and baseball both going to be at home this weekend. The softball team going to be taking on Cal State Northridge. They've got that doubleheader on Saturday, starts at 1 p.m. And then the series finale, 1 p.m. on campus. Long Beach State Dirtbags taking on UC San Diego Friday, Saturday, Sunday, weekend at Bull Diamond at Blair Field. Again, those games against UC San Diego, not exactly conference games, but still very important for this team, as, as Andy said. You know, got to find some consistency. And if you're going to do it, being at home is the perfect place to do so. Got to touch in on beach volleyball. Got to yeah. shout out Katie Kennedy. And also just shout out a really, really cool event. The beach hosted the Big West Challenge at Rosie's Dog Beach. And if you don't know where Rosie's Dog Beach is, basically it's just Belmont Shore. If you've ever been to Legends and you just walked straight to the beach, you walked straight to Rosie's Dog Beach. And the beach had a great showing at the event. They won uh, five of their six matches. Katie Kennedy went 5-0 and oh in her flight, helping them to do that. Um, in her five dual matches, the junior dropped just one set over the weekend, which is really impressive. And, and Andy, like I said, just a really cool event that this school can host an event like that on city property. Yeah, you know, we, we love to get out into the community and, and, and have our fans uh, you know, cheer our athletes on. And, you know, that's a really great place. We hosted the conference tournament uh, last year uh, down on the beach and it was, it was awesome. And as you said, I mean, it's a great weekend, you know, to get a sweep um, of Cal Poly, that's a really huge win for us. You know, the, the, the only loss, you know, as you said, was, was a five, a three, two loss to Hawaii. And, you know, I think we'll be prepared um, to take them on again, we're going to hopefully get another opportunity in the, in the conference tournament. Um, so this team is is really fun to watch. Um, you know, 
I, I really think it's really an underappreciated, one of our underappreciated sports out there that, you know, these athletes you mentioned, Katie Kennedy, others, I mean, you know, some of these young women are going to go on and they're going to play professional beach volleyball. There's no doubt in my mind about that. So, you know, I, if you haven't had a chance to go out and, and catch a, a beach volleyball match, I really encourage you to do that because um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's great competition. And, uh, you know, anytime you can put your toes in the sand and catch a little sun, it's going to be a good day. Some other women's teams who are deep into their seasons now, women's water polo uh, dropped another Big West contest over the weekend. Jamie Oberman and Rachel Kowalczyk also got goals in that game, but they could not catch UCI. Uh, women's tennis, they beat Dartmouth. So that's a good win for them, but it's also a non-conference when they are three and one in the big West right now. So both women's water polo and women's tennis going to be on the road this weekend, as has been the case for track and field track and field. So busy this weekend with uh, athletes at three different places, but it's kind of uh, wrapping up that indoor track and field season, Andy, that is kind of uh, underratedly different than the outdoor season. Not, not a lot of people talk about it, but uh, it's a different vibe inside. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I think maybe the layperson doesn't really understand the, the differences between indoor and outdoor track um, and how different they really are. Um, you know, it sounds obvious inside, outside, but, you know, at, at our meet at, at home a couple of weeks ago, you know, the wind was blowing and you don't, you don't have wind, you don't have a lot of, uh, you know, nature inside, which makes a big difference, um, you know, mentally when you're preparing for your event and how you approach the event. Um, and as well as your times, I mean, you could feel that you run great, um, outdoor, but, you know, depending on which way the wind's blowing, you know, your time could be slower, even though you feel more efficient. So, um, you know, again, this is another sport that, you know, you're going to see some of the best and the brightest out there. Um, you know, you've got people like Jason Smith, who's, who's coming off an injury and, you know, we're hoping that, that he's a full goal, full go here, you know, soon. And, and so many others, you know, you had Charlie at the indoors, um, you know, <laughs> if you can make it out uh, to campus when we host our next meet, I really encourage that you do it because you get to watch some master coaches and Andy Scythe and Coach Sheffield and, and the rest of the staff. And um, you're going to see some really great, um, you know, some times on the track and some, you know, as I love it, I call it, you know, you know, uh, the fly force out there, you know, that are our jumpers who, who I love to watch. Um, you know, it's really exciting. And again, um, this team is going to have the opportunity when it's all said and done, when we go to the conference meet to really make some noise um, towards a, a conference championship. But then beyond that is qualifying times uh, for nationals. Yeah, just, just right around the corner. Absolutely right. Last but not least for this week, Men's golf and women's golf got to shout them out. The men's golf team was at the Goodwin competition and freshman Ian Gilligan led the way. He ended up finishing in a tie for eighth place for the women. They were at the Fresno State Classic up north. And once again, Hannah Coe was the bright spot for the beach. She finished sixth overall. Obviously, all of that information about all of those Long Beach State athletics teams, their upcoming schedules, how to get tickets and all that good stuff get to the website, longbeachstate.com. And for the special stories, like the features and the photo galleries, we've got a great photo gallery from that softball weekend uh, out at Long Beach Softball Complex to take that series, which was, again, like I said, very important. We've got a full article and a full photo gallery for you available right now at the 562.org.
We now welcome on our special guest for the week. He is the sophomore libero of your Long Beach State men's volleyball team. It's Mason Briggs, fresh off the practice court. Mason, how are you, buddy? How's it going out there? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. How'd practice go? It was great. Uh, Tuesdays are good for us, especially when we're in this back-to-back conference play for a season. So definitely a grind day, getting a lot better. Um, It's fun. It is so unique that volleyball does these back-to-backs where it's not like, you know, like in softball or in baseball, it's a series, right? There's like a rubber match and it's, there's, is the point to it, but you can't other, other than sweeping, which basically you guys did to UC Santa Barbara, uh, (laughs) other other than that, you don't really win it. So it it is kind of weird, but does that kind of get you more prepared for what you have to do in the postseason, which is, you know, win on multiple nights in a row? Yeah, it's an interesting, obviously you don't have to, when it comes to postseason, you have to play the same team twice. So it's an interesting um, aspect there. And we try and schedule early on, still back-to-backs, but playing a different opponent the next night. Uh, and you have to prepare for one opponent while possibly playing another the next night. But uh, it's cool that we have that conference style. We talk about it, whether you win or you lose, you know, probably even more so if you lose. But because uh, if, you, if you lose, you want to play them right away. And you just want to get right back to them. Um, that was kind of how we felt against Irvine and then we beat them 3-0 the next day but it's also good if if we're winning like we beat Santa Barbara at home and then we get to go and play them at their place and still feel that same response and preparation that we put in the whole week to take it out on them yeah that Santa Barbara team is no joke man and you guys basically like I said swept them took six out of seven sets in the back-to-backs why do you think you played so well this past weekend I do give a lot of credit regardless to any team um, that we're playing against, but credit to the team in our gym, the entire team, the guys that you see out on the court are playing against a great group of guys on the other side of the net. And I think that prepared us even more so against Santa Barbara. We had some similar, we have some similar guys in the gym compared to their guys out on the court. And that played a, a pretty big role. I think for us. And then just, I was talking to another guy, um, I think it was earlier this week or last week. I don't think it happened randomly or it was just luck, you know, that, that kind of all came together and we, what some people would call like we peaked or we hit a stride, whatever. I think that's just what we've been working for this entire season, including starting from the fall and things are starting to, to come together and the, the team dynamic is there and when we have all of our guys rocking it's that can be pretty scary awesome how do you guys roll that momentum over into a huge weekend like this one where you're uh, you know hosting hawaii on on back-to-back nights that hawaii team a team you probably see again in the big west conference uh, championships that are actually in hawaii so are you guys looking at this like maybe a preview of the postseason or are you kind of just taking it as just another game yeah, I'd say the latter to that. We we kind of just prepare for our weeks as if it's any other team. You know, I don't even think our coach looks at the rankings, to be honest. Um, obviously, some of the guys do, and you can't avoid it nowadays with social media and all that. But Or when they put it up on the huge screen in the pyramid. Right. But, um, yeah, we, we go about it, and we, we try and stick to it that it's just another week in a good way. It's another week for us to prepare the same and, and be us and work on us. You're not going to go into a week doing all these crazy things just to plan against this one guy or this one team. Because over, over the long term, 
it's not going to produce success or the success you want that you were talking about earlier that when you go into conference play or the tournament, whatever it may be, and you just, you have to win. Um, so we're just trying to stack week by week and go about it that way. Well, let's turn the clock back a little bit. Obviously you were an incredibly accomplished volleyball player in high school at uh, Bishop Alamany, And then you kind of had your choice of, of some pretty big programs. Why did you choose Long Beach State? Yeah, it came down to Long Beach in the end just because I knew I wanted a future with volleyball. And that's where I, I want to see myself after college as well. And I knew that this was the college that would help me get there and then help me accomplish my even shorter term goals of winning a, a national championship, hopefully more than one. That'd be pretty cool. Nice. Um, and yeah, this coaching staff and how much Long Beach cares about volleyball was pretty cool. And um, my older brother, Trevor Briggs, was on the team while I was making that that decision and we actually went through similar recruiting processes and it wasn't even that he told me to come here or it was persuaded at all it was more so just the fact that I got that inside look into the program and what it's all about and the culture and and what the coaches are all about and that was pretty much what sold it for me in the end and I knew that this would be home. So obviously with all of the student athletes we've been interviewing over the last couple months, we're asking them about the time of COVID and how they were able to survive that and what that was like. And I always felt the worst for either people who were seniors, people who were just at the end of their either high school or college or whatever career, and then COVID hits and it's like, oh, nope, that thing you thought you were going to have one last chance at ripped from you. I also felt really bad for guys like you who were freshmen coming in at that time where you're like, here I am, I'm going to start this new thing. And then just the roadblock comes down and smashes right in front of you. So for you coming into a great program like this with everything going on in the world, how were you able to kind of survive and, and, you know, keep treading water uh, to be able to come back and play as well as you have when you guys actually have a real season? It's a really good question. There's a lot to it. You know, Fair a lot enough. happened a lot of, a lot of time um, in simple terms of sticking with it my goals have always been with volleyball and that's what I knew I wanted to, to do. And I was trying to find gym space anywhere that was open and um, working out at home. We were lucky enough to have some stuff around there, you know, that, that spiked like crazy of at home gym equipment, that whole thing. But um, in terms of that, it was never a doubt. I, if anything, it reassured that this is what I wanted to be doing and, work even harder at it, kind of give a, a step back and a really open your perspective of like, this is where you used to be. And this is where you are now. Cause you can't do that thing right now. And that's what you've worked your whole life to, to do. And with that, I kind of circle back to the aspect of what you said of just it all kind of getting shut down. It was, it was crazy. I still think back to it. It's, I, before this season, we finished last season, we were the last team to, to get back at least one of, and I think I was like writing, started writing in my notes one day and I was just like, I've played less than a full season. I, I had just completed my second season of, of volleyball, right? The, the canceled COVID season in this last right. season before that was what, 2020, 2021, right. it was just conference. And I've played less than one full season of volleyball. So I could be a junior right now. <laughs> playing less than one full season of volleyball that is crazy with all the dates in there but <laughs> just crazy to think about and 
I'm glad where we are right now and hopefully we can continue to keep rolling and keep going after my goals and why it wasn't just Long Beach State volleyball that kind of was put on hiatus for you or, or changed you were one of 20 players named to the 2020 U.S. men's junior national training team in in the summer of 2020 a really interesting time to be alive uh was that just like a name would you have been able to go somewhere did you go somewhere so let's see they picked I think they had picked the team if I'm not mistaken before the whole COVID thing happened. Uh-huh. I might be wrong on that, but I know regardless, they named the team yeah. um, that was going to go and, and train. And yeah, then eventually what happened, we probably wouldn't have been able to go anyways because of COVID. But I know that there were, all, were world championships that happened and our world ranking wasn't good enough to qualify. Okay. Prior year qualifying. At the okay. Yeah. Okay. That's still a huge accomplishment, though, man. Is it, did that did stuff like that surprise you? You know what I mean? Are you like the type of athlete who's just like, I want all the awards, I want everything, just keep grinding, keep going? Or do you kind of take a moment to celebrate stuff like that? Um, yeah, it's an interesting question. It's you, you have to feel it a little bit, but I'd say there's a difference between making a team like that and then awards i'd say awards are different and most of the time just people's opinions so there's an interesting aspect to that um especially as a libero i think to slightly comment on that is it's so hard to stat or put a number on it or even a a couple other positions too you don't see the whole game right there what may be portrayed in stats or in awards or whatever Um, so you can you can look past those a little bit more. I think someone even even mentioned a couple of weeks ago or something about All American, and I was like, oh, I guess I did get that. I I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's probably one of those things. If you don't get it, you probably remember it more than you do. I don't really know, but um, uh, making a team like this, and I remember the the first time I made one of these types of teams, that was like the peak of of right. what I knew I had been training for, what I wanted right. to do. And, and then from there, I was like, oh, I'm at this level. Let's keep it. Let's keep it up there. And just trying to make that type of team every single year. Well, so. you mentioned it. Libero is wholly unique. I mean, how many other uh, sports can you name where one person on the team literally wears a different colored jersey? It's like, it's, there's not a lot out there like it. And, and um, how many fans come and ask you, why do you wear a different color jersey? <laughs> <laughs> so how it talk to the young liberos out there talk to talk to the young volleyball players who might want to follow that path what is the key to being a good libero what's the number one thing you have to be good at to uh to, to, to play the type of defense that you play on a very broad spectrum or broad answer i've always thought and always said that it's a lot of just your mentality hmm. because you can think about it both ways but i think about it you you have to pass the ball. You're in serve receive. If, if you don't pass the ball well, you can't hit yourself out of it. You can't go and serve yourself out of it. You can't block yourself out of it, whatever it may be. You can't really drop one of those skills. You got to right. be steady and consistent with serve receive and defense. The two main skills, obviously there's, you know, covering setting all that right. type of stuff. But uh, I think it's just consistency. And with consistency, a lot of that is just mentality being able to move on to the next ball and literally just forget 
bad plays that may have happened and train your brain. I think, I think I have actually just trained my brain to just move on and not feel those and literally get to the point that I don't even remember. Like, yeah. And, and then that way you're able to move on and, and play the next point. And then if it's the opposite and you're rolling and you're making great plays and just feeding off of that energy and using it on, on the defensive side and then serve receive as well. Yeah, that, that's a great answer. It's uh, it's actually funny you say that. That's one of those things as a sports writer, if you spend enough time around a team, you kind of pick up stuff. One of the things I've picked up along the way is your brother's teams, actually. Um, they used to put their hands up in, uh, after every point and go like this and spin their finger in a circle. Oh, right. Yep. I, I use that like in my head. Sometimes I do it physically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Just like, all right, next one, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, it's still <laughs> around. I mean, I don't know who started that on their team or created that. And then it became a cheer on the bench and whatever, you know, our bench can get crazy sometimes, but love it. I love when but, they do. <laughs> uh, it gives the visual it's, it's exactly. It, and people still do it in our gym. I, I do it next ball. It's literally just moving on to the next one. There's yeah. nothing to, to touch on the last part of the question too. It's like, there's nothing you can do about it. It's already happened. Yep. So if you want to change it, you can't go back and change it. You can change it in your training and do what you can there and get back to work in that way. But when you're in game and game mode, there's nothing you can do. You got to make a good play the next time. You're absolutely right. Uh, got to check in on classroom, man. How, how you doing in your classes? I know obviously it's got to be tough when you're in season, but. Yeah. Season season, obviously you want to focus on volleyball, um, but class is going well. I have two in person, which has been nice talking about cool. the whole COVID thing. Yeah. Uh, two in person classes, two online. Um, I know there's all these crazy terms for them now. I have one asynchronous and one synchronous that we meet. <laughs> so like one's on Zoom where we meet and then one is just right online course. Uh, but they're good. I'm a business finance major. Yeah, uh, what 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 made you want to finance or what made you want to major in finance? I've always loved uh business just in general and kind of had some of my own little businesses when I was younger and just loved that aspect of it. Um, I'm, I'm more into the entrepreneurial okay. aspect of it all, but obviously you got to know the finance behind it all. Right. Um, so so what you're talking about uh, businesses as a kid, uh, the Briggs lemonade stand, or what, what, what are we, what are we, <laughs> are you, you making t-shirts? Yes. I, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I, um, well, that, the first, well, I don't even know. I don't even remember this one. Apparently I had like a little cleaning business when I was like four. Oh, my, nice. mom, would, my mom would send me over to like my aunt's house and her friend's house and stuff. And I love cleaning. If, um, you, if you do something well, never do it for free. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, I made duct tape wallets just cause I started making them for fun. And then my grandma was actually long story short. Uh, my dad, uh, my grandpa worked in the shoe business with like Steve Madden for a little while. It was good oh, wow. one of those guys. Um, and so they were at lunch together and I, they saw my grandma's wallet and was like, oh my gosh, what is that? And then <laughs> he had me make, what was it? A hundred, I think a hundred duct tape wallets. Whoa. For, uh, a shoe show that they were going to. So that was, that was my first big hit with the, yeah. the duct tape wallets. 
It'll you got a taste. You got a yeah. taste of that business success, man. Exactly right. <laughs> work. Dude, that's a great story. That is a great story. All right, dude. We got to have you come back on the show and tell more cool stories like that. Oh, man. <laughs> I have to think into my memory. <laughs> um, appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, again, congratulations on your success, the team success. Uh, this weekend, Friday, Saturday night, 7 p.m., Walter Pyramid taking on Hawaii. Big old matches. And uh, we know you boys are going to show up big as well. So go get them, man. Oh, thank you. Before we get out of here, we're going to bring Andy back on. We're going to do our special segment now for something completely different. Andy, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and his answer to this question shocked me. So I was like, oh, I'm going to ask Andy this one. First reaction. Don't think about it too much. Just your first reaction. Who's your favorite action movie hero? Favorite action movie hero? I would say Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know why I'm okay. a sucker uh, for, for Arnold, but, uh, you know, I, I will pretty much watch any of his films. Maybe, you know, as a kid in the 80s growing up, you know, you, you, you watch, um, you know, I don't know, you, but, you know, I think a Predator, you know, <laughs> I don't know why that comes to my mind, but Body it's alone. Like a classic movie to me, you know, you know, get to the chopper, you know, I mean, it's like, I, I can't get enough of that. So I'm going to go with Arnold. You know, he was a that's governor great. here in the state of California and a great action hero, at least for me. That, that, that's, a, that's a good one. He is kind of the uh, one of the gold standards. Um, I, was watching a, I was watching a comedy bit the other day. I think it was, it might have been Bill Burr. He was talking about uh, action heroes and he was like, Sylvester Stallone. No, yeah, Sylvester Stallone. When you say that name, you just know exactly what you're talking about. But consider this, that man's first name is Sylvester. Have you ever met another Sylvester? And I think it's I think it's one guy and a cat. Those are the two Sylvesters I know. But yeah, so my friend, I we were talking about action movies, and he said, "Oh, my favorite action hero is uh, Sean Connery from the James Bond movies." And immediately I was like, "Hold on, that's not an action hero." But then you watch those movies, and you're like, mm, "That's it's kind of, that's kind of close, right?" So then we also said, "Who would be the best one right now?" And we both kind of said like The Rock, Ooh, or. Yeah somebody who's in movies with the rock is ryan reynolds an action hero that was my this is my roundabout way to asking you that question is ryan reynolds an action hero because i don't know i i would say in a sneaky way yes um maybe that's not the first reaction i have however having seen him in several of those films right he does kind of have those those action hero chops you know he i think he kind of transcends it um you know with what people think he is and, uh, you know, I think, you know, that's what makes him interesting is maybe, you know, you don't see someone that looks like The Rock, yet he's in those movies just, you know, taking a beating and um, doing some amazing chase scenes, etc. So, yeah, I mean, not, not one I would immediately go to, but actually, as I think about it, I would vote yes, I would yeah. vote for him to be an action hero. I, li I like that. I like how we get all the way around the thing and then we end up at the same place. That's cool. Hey, check out uh, The Atom Project on Netflix. People have given it mixed reviews, but I had I had a great time. It's just a lot of fun. If you if you if you get a chance, Andy, and also okay. you, Beach Nation, if you're looking for something to uh, to watch this week, I'm on it. I'm on it, JJ. All right, cool. It's All right, on cool. the list. Good good stuff. Uh, thank you so much, Andy, and obviously producer Roger for uh, for having us on the show. Doing this show is a, is a great thrill for us, and we're so excited about how this spring is going at Long Beach State. So many teams and so many individuals on the precipice of something very special. So make sure you guys come back in two weeks for this show again. Make sure you follow all of the Long Beach State athletics coverage at the562.org, and we'll see you in the stands.
Take care.